episode 217, Inhumans season 1, episode 4, make way for Medusa. Welcome to level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That includes Marvel's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel's Netflix, Marvel's movies, and Marvel's Inhumans. And here to marvel with me about the Inhumans, possibly, is... Agent Stu. I'm marvelous. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. I'm glad to be here tonight, Ben. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Good. It's been a long day, and I'm, believe it or not, looking forward to this. The only thing I was looking forward to more than this was uh, having some Chinese food with just me and my wife after we put the kids up in their rooms and said, don't come down or say a <laughs> word because we're going to watch some TV and eat some Chinese food. What'd you watch? We watched, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can actually say the name. It's a Canadian, <laughs> Canadian TV show. It's a sitcom kind of thing. Yeah. Well, now you have a, a second one to put in your arsenal, potentially. But this one, much less family-friendly. Let me put it that way. I apparently watched the much less family-friendly Star Trek Discovery episode tonight. Ah. I, which is something that I don't want to really get into, but it was much less family-friendly. Well, I will be watching it eventually. I just yeah, you will. Still, still haven't done it, but... Did you check into your TV time app though? Oh no, I that's when I, I don't I don't log that one in. Um yeah, I, I just log in the geek stuff. So All right. Yeah. I I've talked about this before, you know. My my wife and I, we can um uh watch many things together as long as they're things that she likes. Because I can like the things she likes. She cannot <laughs> like the things I like. So yeah. Well, it sounds like you two are married and uh, coexisting together. So oh, you know, that's good. Doing a good job of it. Doing a good job of it. And she did sit in the room with me when I did watch that first episode of Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll I'll be honest, I don't mind it. I I don't mind it at all. Um, that she just doesn't like that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's, my my wife is very, is very similar in that. She's like, oh, Star Trek. And then I was watching the Orville. She's like, is this the new Star Trek? And I'm like, no, honey, they're totally different. Let me explain to you why for 15 minutes. And then I, you know, the blank look and yeah. we moved on. So Yeah, no, I we get along just fine without having to, you know, enjoy each other's fandoms. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and truthfully, I, I actually kind of like it that um, she keeps me grounded. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't go too crazy in my fandoms. I still go a little crazy, but not too crazy. So. You mean like like doing a podcast about about Marvel's Inhumans? Hey, it's a show, man. It is a show. It's a show. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Let's uh, let's get started here. Um, 
Yeah, uh, we've talked about TV time. We've talked about, um, uh, well, actually, we haven't talked about Once Upon a Time yet. And that's just another reminder that don't forget to watch Once Upon a Time before you watch Inhumans. And if you do watch Once Upon a Time before you watch Inhumans, you can also listen to the Once podcast. You can watch watch and listen in whatever order you want to. You know, it doesn't matter. Marvel first, fairy tales first. Um, but the Once podcast is our sister podcast, and they cover Once Upon a Time. And we are now on the same night as them, at least as far as the TV show goes. Uh, yeah. And so definitely check them out. And with that said... I think there's one more thing, and that's if you're just joining us. Our spoiler policy is this. If it's happened in the MCU, we're talking about it, except for Defenders. So so there's that. Beyond that, there's not much to say other than we are halfway through. Yeah. We're halfway through the Inhumans. So forgive me, Ben, um, but did you guys mention last week the premiere date for S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, no. And when I say no, I mean, no, we did not say it. Um, but I don't mean, no, I'm not going to forgive you. I, I definitely will forgive you. Okay. Good. You are, you. you are forgiven. Thank you. My Mike. friend. I appreciate appreciate that. Um, so, uh, we have a release date for agents of shield. We do season five and it's December the 1st, December the 1st, December the 1st with a two hour premiere. So that means it's going to show up at a, you know, Nine eight central. Is that right? Nope. Or is it show up at eight seven central? Eight seven central, and then it and then it regularly is nine eight central. Right, right. Um, I can never remember what time the news is on anymore. (laughs) That's my problem. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Inhumans is going to take us through. Let's see, we are on episode four as of the thirteenth. So one two three four through Mm -hmm. November tenth. It looks like, and that means two weeks between. One of those weekends is Thanksgiving weekend, and I don't know what the 17th will look like. Maybe Once Upon a Time is getting a special two-hour episode or something. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'm just speculating. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Also, coming up soon is uh, November 3rd, Thor Ragnarok hitting theaters, and November 21st, you know what's happening on that day? I'm going to run away. Uh, you are going to run to Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. yeah. Because runaways begin their run on right. Hulu. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get started, though. We need to talk about Inhumans. Mm-hmm. And let's do it. here's where I want to start. Episode four of Inhumans that we just had this weekend was make way for Medusa. And it wasn't just make way for Medusa. It was make way for dot, dot, dot. Medusa. And it's not the first title that had dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. Beware the Inhumans. Episode one. Or rather, behold the Inhumans. And when I saw this make way for Medusa thing, this is where I I started thinking, you know what? There's something to this. I think that these titles do not feel like they're just random titles. These feel like comic book Stan Lee titles. And so I looked into it. And Stuart, mm-hmm. every single episode of The Inhumans comes from an old comic book. So wow. Make Way for Medusa comes from a surprising place. And that is uh, from The Amazing Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it comes from the Amazing Spider-Man issue number 62. And it has uh, Spider-Man being um, attacked by Medusa's uh, hair as she stands over him. And and sure enough, I mean, it's it's called Make Way For dot 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 Medusa. Medusa. So so was Medusa in Spider-Man 62 the same Medusa that's in the Inhumans? Yes. Oh. Oh, it's her. Okay. It is her. So that's an interesting, I mean, I'm sure that they fought, you know, as comic books do, they fought and then realized they're on the same side. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have not read the issue, so I cannot mm-hmm. uh, answer directly to that to tell you exactly what happened in that issue. But what I can say is he is definitely being manhandled by a woman's hair. Mm. So, yeah, but the others are too. Uh, episode one uh, is behold dot 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 the Inhumans, but that I think comes from beware dot 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 the Inhumans from Amazing Adventures number one, which is the first issue that they had uh, of a shared comic with Black Widow. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, issue two, those who would destroy us, is from Fantastic Four. Number 46 and Fantastic Four. Number 46, uh, if I can find it here, has, yeah, it has a, um image of Black Bolt looking very imposing. And the Fantastic Four have floating heads on one side and the Inhumans have floating heads on the other side. And mm. episode three, Divide, Dash Dash and Conquer, <laughs> comes from Fantastic Four Annual number five. Which is another one where they, uh, if I can find that, but it's another Fantastic Four issue. I have the pictures all here somewhere, but yeah, I can't find that one. Uh, We talked about episode four. Episode five, Among Us Walks an Inhuman is from Avengers number 95. And if you look that up, don't worry. The cover is not going to spoil anything for you, but I am not joking when I say this. You may want to avoid... Uh, looking for an image from that issue because I think it will give a spoiler for episode five. I believe that I have been spoiled something important in episode five by the splash page. Oh, no, that's wrong. Huh. That's wrong. I might be wrong about that, but it's a cool splash page. Anyway, uh, episode six, the gentleman's name is Gorgon. It's from Fantastic Four number 44, which is also subtitled what a way to spend a honeymoon and because it happens right after uh, Reed and Sue get married and episode seven havoc in the hidden land is from fantastic four number one fifty nine, which is when uh, Sue Richards comes back to the fantastic four and Medusa leaves the fantastic four. Then episode eight and finally black bolt comes from a backup story in Thor issue number one forty eight, which has a little bit of black bolts um, origin story and shows how uh, his father, Aegon, wanted to alter his genetic pattern. And it, that's how he has the power of flight, is because they altered his genetic pattern. But they also discover about his voice and how powerful he is in his voice. Mm. So, yeah. So that is the comic book angle from those titles. And I would, I, I feel like that episode six is going to give us uh, 
some Gorgon stuff. Episode eight will have some Black Bolt stuff going on around. And yeah, I appreciate that. I like that. I think it's fun. I think it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. So, yeah, that is some comic book connections for those of you who are interested. And honestly, for those of you who are not interested, uh, but are still listening, that's still what it is. I mean, whether you're interested in it or not. So, well, I mean, that's why, that's why I started listening to this podcast in the first place is to figure out the, the comic book connections and legacies. What's interesting is how tied into the fantastic four, the inhumans are, and right. they, they first appeared in a fantastic four comic, but apparently they separated themselves enough from the Fantastic Four as uh, like a property, like a, a, mm-hmm. a package property that, you know, Galactus and Silver Surfer come in under the Fantastic Four contract. So 20th Century Fox having the rights to the Fantastic Four means they have the rights to uh, Silver Surfer and Galactus. But the Inhumans apparently were their own thing enough that they got their own package deal and and however that worked i don't know if someone else had it and it reverted back or if marvel just never was able to find anyone who actually wanted to make a movie using these characters well you know they are i hate to say this they are low-rent x-men let's just be honest i know i i i disagree i disagree you can go ahead and be honest but i'm being honest with you when i say i disagree Okay, well, uh, my my point being, they you may disagree, but that's what it feels like, and I'll bet I am not alone in my statement. You know and, why you're not alone? Because that's why? the way they're using them right now. That's true, and I bet that's. I mean, do did you read the initial? I mean, you probably know better than I do. Do I mean? Is that how they came off in the comics? I uh, not to me. No, the way they mm-hmm. came off in the comics is. They're this society of superheroes, you know, and they, they have their own like home and they have, you know, it, it's, it's not that because with the X-Men, it's anyone could be an X-Man. And, and that's not how it was originally with the Inhumans. With the Inhumans, it was they were Inhumans and they were this group together and they would go and, and people would come from their group to go out and do things in the world or Avengers or Fantastic Four would would come to their place. But the X-Men, on the other hand, were you were a teenager and you had all this angst. And and that turns out not only are you so different from everyone else because you're a teenager and every teenager feels weird, but you're different from everyone else because you have these powers. And, you know, it's it's a power fantasy, honestly, an adolescent power fantasy um, of I have so much power but I'm going to choose to use it to help people who hate me, you know? And so you're this misunderstood youth, but with the inhumans, that's not the way they were, but it is the way they are now with like this floating cloud of Terrigen mist. That's just going around creating random. And so anyone could be an inhuman now. Right. Yeah. Mm. So if you feel like right now they are low rent TV X-Men, um, which you can find low rent TV X-Men on the gifted as well. But um, and it's much more X Men than than yeah. this. But yeah, it, it 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 didn't feel like that. And and to me, the Inhumans were never like X Men. Were never I, they never felt that way to this from from the stuff that I read until I've mm. read a couple things recently. Mm. So well, I was just I was just thinking that maybe they didn't 
sell the license at all ever because they, <laughs> they, they are very similar in properties, right? They, they may, they may be different in what they did, but you still have characters who you don't have genetic mutations. Well, also, or is, or is that Terrigen mist sort of new, right? Is that what you were saying? No, no. The Terrigen thing is, is not new, but it was, they were compartmentalized. You know, you have humans, you have, uh, I think they were called deviants. You have inhumans, you have, um, humans become mutants, but humans mm-hmm. don't become inhumans. And so regular people just living every day in their home, you know, like I'm in my house right now and my 16 year old son is upstairs and maybe he falls out of bed, hits his head and activates his powers because it could be anyone, but he's not going to become an inhuman. He'll become a mutant. And, and so you have the deviants and the inhumans and, um, you know, the Cree and, and the scrawl and they're all different races, even though, you know, inhumans and deviants are related to, um, humans, but they're branches off of the human tree. But mutants, I guess mutants are a branch as well, but they're a more modern direct branch. Anyway, point being, I bet that when they started parceling these things out to try and make money so they don't go bankrupt. And so, you know, Universal gets Hulk and um, and Submariner and, and 20th Century Fox gets this and that. And Spider-Man goes over to Sony and they're doing all that stuff. At that point, no one wanted the Inhumans because... First of all, special effects. Second of all, they may not be low rent X-Men, but they're definitely low tier superhero group. Mm-hmm. They show up in other people's magazines. They get their own magazine for a few issues and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, here, we're going to bring them back in the Avengers. So you don't forget about them because we have 6,000 characters. We want everyone to remember we have 6,000. We have lots and lots of characters. That was, was a selling that was- that was, 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 that, was that a selling point? We have 6,000 characters. At one point, that was a selling point. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about this episode of Inhumans. And we are going to start by talking about Maximus mm-hmm. and specifically Maximus and the Genetic Council. So Maximus is talking to a friend and that friend is named Tibor, 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 I think. And he's not happy with Tybor because years ago they were friends until Terragenesis made him human. And so they're not friends now. I mean, they're friends, I guess, in the sense that Tybor doesn't want Maximus to kill him. And so he's doing things for Maximus. Um, but he, Max has a, pro- a plan. And that plan is he's hoping he can go through Terragenesis again. As the humans are right now. And he just needs a DNA key to be unlocked in his uh, DNA to make him no longer human. The genetic council will not allow this to happen. But when, he, when Tyler says he's looking out for Max's well-being, Maximus says, do I have your loyalty? Then you need to prove it. And so Max gets the council's approval. And then he speechifies about the council maintaining social order. and. Then he has them beaten up and dragged off. <laughs> and uh, Tybor wants to be forgiven by Maximus. And Maximus says, I always thought forgiveness was overrated. 
which I don't even know what that means because we don't see what happens to Tybor in this episode. But that's Maximus and his adventures with the Genetic Council. And that ties in directly to someone else in the episode who we will get to because Maximus is the one through line that actually crosses over some of the story plot lines with different characters. But yeah, that is – what do you think of his plan? I'm human. I can be subjected to the Terrigen as a human, and then maybe that will give me powers? Did did he get that idea after talking to uh, – Declan? Declan? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, so he talked to Declan. Declan said, you know, Black Bolt is – a perfect, you know, g- genetically pure human being or whatever, right? Inhuman. Like he Inhuman. Yeah. Yes. Genetically pure inhuman. And we usually we find little markers that that, you know, make things seem off and we don't see that. And he's, you know, Mad Max is getting that's a different story. Maximilian is getting a little weirded out by that and he comes up with an idea. Yeah, I it's an interesting thought, um, but I, I guess because of the way things are working on Earth now, people aren't dying when they get – if they don't have that inhuman thing and they're exposed to like the fish oil that has Terrigen in it, they, right. aren't, they aren't dying now the way they were if you were directly exposed. But they are so- still getting activated and given powers. They they get they get a hard crusty cell. Yeah. So why doesn't why doesn't Max, you know, get some Amazon Prime? Does Amazon Prime deliver to the moon? That's the question I think. No, but Louise might have a way. We'll get to that. Yeah. But why is why doesn't he just order some fish oil? <laughs> that honestly, the show would I, be over. <laughs> well, and and I think he wants something a little more scientific and official, maybe. Well, he's also he's also one for pomp and circumstance, right? He keeps begging everyone to call him um, their king or his king or whatever. And anytime somebody says my king, he's like, "Ah, oh, yes, I'm your king. Don't forget." And so he would like to just get fish oiled would be below him, beneath him. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that assessment, but. For the time being, he's still human, and he's going to stay human for a while. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious where they're going to go with this, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be like in our our final episode climax, Maximus powered up versus Black Bolt, right? And one of them's going to die. Yeah, because Mac, because Black Bolt's like, I, I'm honestly surprised he didn't use his powers to you know today. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, I'm honestly surprised that he uses powers in this episode, but I feel like he's going to let loose sooner or later and Oahu will be no more. (laughs) Seriously. All right. So let's talk about someone else who kind of ties in slightly to the Maximus thing. And that's Gorgon, who is dealing with Auron. Now, Auron, actually, it's not a slightly thing with her uh she ties in directly to the maximus stuff but gorgon is upset because the guy that he picked up and slung over his shoulder in the last episode is dead 
And so again, he tries to convince the surfers to just leave him. Leave him be. This won't be a fair fight. And they say, well, it doesn't mean we can't win. But he does not want them to follow. And meanwhile, they're being followed by Mortis, who is with Aron and also with Flora and with Locus. And Mortis is super annoyed with this whole trudging through the jungle and super annoyed with Locus's uh, echolocation. And I like this guy. I like this guy. Yeah. He's super annoyed with everything. He's just a guy who gets annoyed. And, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the, the harbinger of death is just this kind of whiny teenager. Um, so Oron and, and Max, uh, they consult with each other. He knows where Black Bolt is because of another plot line that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But then he says we have to wait to kill him for right now. We just need to find them. Um so, and then meanwhile, back to Gorgon, he gets really upset with them and argues with the surfers and they try to, um, he, he has to argue with them to not help him. And so then he decides, I'm going to try and find the place where I started. And that's the place that, uh, Lockjaw was supposed to take me and they help him kind of walk through logically where he should go and what he should do. And when he finally figures out what he wants to do, which is to go back to where this all started. They don't go with him. But I'm guessing <laughs> this is speculation because I watched this on Hulu, so I didn't get to see a next time on uh, mm-hmm. teaser. I'm guessing they're going to end up going with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way things like this work, you know? Right. You just don't leave veteran war heroes who happen to be surfer dudes in the middle of a forest. If they have guns, they're going to follow you, man, because mm-hmm. you're family. Family means you don't leave anyone Broha. behind. Yeah. Family. When Vincent said to go back to the beginning, this is where it was. The beginning. <laughs> yeah. So that's Gorgon. And I liked Gorgon in the early episodes. Right now, I'm I'm not not right. not as big of a fan of what he has to do in this episode and last. Right now, there's a lot of wandering around in the desert or yeah, the jungle. The jungle, I mean, yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing, right? It's it's you're looking for the plot that everybody's on Earth, but really we only wanted to care about Medusa and Black Bolt because once they're together, you know, Black Bolt can start taking part in the story. <laughs> but right now, he just sort of gets shuffled around. This is this is everybody. This is. I mean, last time they were divided and conquered, and this mm-hmm. time they're still divided. And this is this goes back to the conversation. I can't remember if it was with you or with Samantha, but where I was saying, I wish we'd had two more episodes before episode one where we actually saw them doing things together. And, right. and so that we could have some time with them as a family or as a grouping. And then you tear them apart and we care more that they're torn apart instead of just, well, Black Bolt and Medusa are married and we've seen them, you know, talk about how heavy is the head that wears the crown. And we've seen them in flashback and we've seen them in bed together. And so we want them to be together, even though they got split up, you know, in the first episode. And so this is where I'm liking a lot of the stuff that they're doing. Mm hmm. I'm just not liking it the way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that makes well, any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is 
uh, Scott Burke, who's, you know, props to him. He's doing, he is producing television, which I, you know, what am I doing? Just talking about it on a podcast, right? So he knows what he's doing. I'm not saying that he doesn't. Um, but this was the same problem we had with iron fist where the, the arc of the season seems, uh, accelerated and slowed down at the same time. Yeah. It's the arc of the season. You can see it. It's on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the writers' room, it's there. You can see beat by beat, and you can see them saying, "Okay, so in this episode, this is what Gorgon has to do to get." You know, as they're they're trying to bring them together, and mm-hmm. the sequence of events makes sense. It's the the uh, execution. Of yeah, it. it's I mean, the ex- it's, execution of it. Yeah, right. It's just taking. It feels like he hasn't honed his craft enough to be able to grab all the beats to string it together in a in a way that moves at a nice clip. Well, um, but the other thing it feels is a little bit um, I'm going to use this word and I, I hate using this word necessarily, but it's schizophrenic where mm. it, I don't I, I haven't been paying attention to the writers. So I don't know how many writers we have here, but, you know, a season like this, you have your your story breakdown you then assign the different episodes to the different writers they have the different things that they know they're supposed to do and it feels disconnected in that way too this episode had a lot more jokes in it and this episode mm-hmm. had a, a lot more um light a lighter touch in the script and that's not a bad thing necessarily it just is slightly different than the tone of the the last couple of episodes and but at the same time when you have different people coming in and trying to do a singular arc, or in this case, you know, there's eight different arcs going on at the same time. So they're trying to do eight different arcs for the eight different characters. Um, it, it, that's, that's just the way it feels to me. Now, mm-hmm. I, that's why I'm saying is I like what they're doing. It's just some of the execution here of how they're doing it is, is not, it, it's just not connecting with me. It's just not connecting with me. And that's what art does. That's what art is for. Art is the purpose of art is to connect. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to say it in one word, that's it. Um, which, by the way, my kids were arguing. Uh, and all of a sudden, I don't know where this came from, but my this is my 16-year-old son and my 14-year-old daughter. And my 16-year-old son, I, I heard my, my daughter say, it's not art, Tim. And I hear Tim say, Ellen! Everything is art. And I'm just like, I don't know what this argument is, but boy, do I love it. <laughs> They're like arguing about the like philosophy of art. So anyway, yeah. art is to connect. And some of this is not connecting with me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and again, I feel like, you know, once you see the whole thing, you know, you might be able to, to glean more. It might not feel like it's dragging, um, which works sort of well on Netflix, but doesn't necessarily work on episodic television week to week. Yeah. Week to yeah. week. Let's talk about Karnak. Okay. Karnak. <laughs> so Karnak, uh, helps the weed growers tap into a spring to irrigate their crops and lady weed grower helps Karnak learn how to harvest. weed. we, I'm assuming that, uh, that they're harvesting weed. I don't know exactly what they're taking down from. I, I don't know. I'm not in the culture. I don't know the culture. All I know is 
they're growing weed. Uh, meanwhile, mean dude, uh, no, yeah, mean weird dude doesn't jealous, jealous. Okay, dude. well, mean weed grower doesn't trust him. <laughs> A nice weed grower is okay with it and said, you know, you trusted us, you know, uh, or actually you used to not trust us, but now you do. Then Karnak and Weed Lady walk through the woods together. And there's a conversation about, you know, which way are we going? Does it matter? We don't necessarily have to have a purpose or a destination, she says. Then she takes him directly to her destination, <laughs> which is a beach. And the sexy music kicks in. Weed lady is taking yeah. off her clothes. Uh, so they're both in their underwear in the water and they're kissing each other. And mean weed dude spies on them. And then they get back. Weed lady invites Karnak into her tent. Mean weird, mean weed, mean weed dude is watching. And then we get to our post credit tag scene kind of thing. It's not poorly post credit because it's before the credits, but. It's it's the same intent and purpose. And we see that Mean Weed Dude has actually killed Nice Weed Dude and is digging a grave for Nice Weed Dude while Karnak and Weed Lady spend time in her tent getting to know each other better. Yeah, this whole this whole Karnak weed seller guys and gals. Uh, all right. I don't what know what's it? going on, man. I don't know where it's going, but it's got to be going I somewhere. I feel like Karnak right now, right? Because he usually <laughs> knows what's going on. He's he's able to like look into the future or plan all the or see all, all the variables, different possibilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and he's he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he he he. Well, he can't. I mean, his powers are kind of out, but. Um, I don't know what's going on with this whole subplot. I, I have to say this, all right? I was thinking about this uh, yesterday, and I'm going to ask you the question. Is this quite possibly the strangest MCU subplot that we've gotten so far? Oh, yeah. It's just... At least right now. I mean, I can't... Th- I, it feels so random. <laughs> it's... Yeah. I, I mean, I do know that in... Well, I don't know for sure, but it, it's a very common trope in um, TV shows that take place on on islands to have, you know, weed growers. <laughs> that makes sense. I, and that's something I've seen before. I don't know if it's common. I don't know if it actually exists, but I've seen it before. Uh, I, it, you know, he could have fought. It would make sense for them to, you know, based on that, it would make sense for him to fall in with them or whatever. But. Come on, <laughs> let's let's do something new. If the show is just about him, like if this was Karnak and that was just the show title, this would be an episode. And and the, or if this was a movie, this would be um, maybe right before Act Three kicks in or something. Where he's he, it's the rest, you know. It's he he comes to this place of rest and he comes to this place of tranquility and he comes to this place where he's going to learn about himself and mm-hmm. and rise above the problem that he has that he needs to solve the climax of whatever his story is. And so in that way, okay, it's just this is he goes directly here, you know. It's. Yeah, falls off a cliff, walks around in a circle, and then accidentally finds the the uh, 
<laughs> the camp. And um, I, I wish I, I had the conversation with, with Samantha Stewart, but I knew you would appreciate it as well. <laughs> and that is when he, when they are questioning him about how he got there and why he's there. And he, he's, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not a threat. I'm lost. I wish that would have happened. He said mm-hmm. it. No, he said it. Oh, yes, he did. It, last episode, not this episode. Right, in yeah. episode three. Yeah. And that and Declan, those were two lost references. Yeah. Sort of. Big, so Big big time. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. I, <laughs> and so there's a serial killer, basically, or some form of psychopathic murderer mean weed grower is a murdering murderer who murders and there he is and yeah he, so uh, so what do, um, where do you go what, from here what what do you what are they gonna do i don't know are they gonna i don't know either <laughs> he something's gonna I happen with don't. mean me weed grower but yeah um yeah so okay. it's it's happening. It happened. Mm-hmm. All right. One more kind of off. Uh, well, let's just jump into Crystal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crystal and ATV guy have a confrontation mm-hmm. in the jungle forest and he introduces himself. He's Dave and she knocks him down with her powers and then demands that Lockjaw needs a doctor. And so Dave runs to get a vet. Uh, the vet is named Audrey, and the vet and Dave have a history. Uh, the vet is amazed at the dog, which, yeah, you you would be, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Crystal is amazed that the vet cannot just heal Lockjaw right now. And the vet is amazed because she's such a princess. And then Crystal is amazed that the vet knew she was a princess. And then Dave teaches Crystal how to high-five. And which was amazing. <laughs> so another just kind of random thing, but the the one thing I that kind of ties this all together, also with Medusa and uh Louise, is like I said, King Arthur traveling the land and seeing how the common folk live. Will the royal family by spending all this time with common folk from Earth return back to the moon? And say, Maximus is right. We're going to make some changes around here. Let me ask you this. Ask away. Do you, do you want that? Kind of. I mean, that that if that's where they're going with this, it totally could work. It also totally could not. But it totally could work having Crystal learn not to be such a a princess. And not to be mm-hmm. so, you know, have Medusa learn not to be so demanding. And having... um you know, Black Bolt learned that, okay, the, we need to have someone who's in charge, but the person in charge doesn't have to be so elevated above everyone else. And, and Karnak could learn that it's not nice to murder people in your marijuana field or something. But, something. but the bottom I mean, line being that these are common people and they're, they can learn from them. I guess – this is going to sound way more snobby than it is. Um, okay. So the common people up on the moon are still living on the moon. 
they're not they're not serfdom they're not plowing they're not sharecropping they're living on the moon i mean i i guess what i don't understand is how bad is their plight really i guess maybe that's it so uh, if i was to understand how bad their plight was like really understand it and spend some time there i would want you know the ruling leaders to to go down and have a little bit of you know come to come to medusa time and to figure things out you know i'd want that yeah and this again i think i talked about this with samantha not with you but the idea here is not so much stop working as it is let's let's close the gap you know and let's have some of these guys with powers like black bolt going down and and helping with the mining you know sure keep doing the leading stuff and having the meetings and stuff like that with the genetic council, but come down with us and, and do some of the work with us, you know, again, not communism, but community, you know, and, and I, I don't know. I, we've seen some of the, what it's like to work in the mines and it looks like it sucks pretty bad. Yeah. You know? And so the common people, I, we need to learn more about it. Like, is this, what kind of slavery is this? Is it slavery to a system or is it literal like you are being put to work and there is no compensation? Well, we, we don't know that yet. I'm guessing it is more slavery in the sense of slavery to a system. This is just the way it goes. This is the way it works. You are determined to go where you're supposed to go. That's the conversation Maximus had with, with uh, uh, what's his face, the, the, his friend. Uh, mm-hmm. Where his friend basically s- says, well, I-, I didn't have any choice to be on the genetic council. I, I didn't. Uh, they made me be on the genetic council. And, and Max was like, yeah, well, you know, they made me be a prince. Right. <laughs> did, yeah. you, did you ever watch Westworld? No, I haven't. Well, the movies his, I did, but not the, not the uh, TV show. His friend was uh, in the TV show. Oh, and, really? Huh. Yeah. And playing very similar character. Um, but yeah, so to me, I don't know where the thing is going. I don't know where the show is going and I don't know what statement they're trying to make. We'll find Um, out. We'll find out in four episodes, I guess. And I guess that's the end of the statement. Uh, but also, you know, there's the, the love stuff. Like we get this, well, we get this sudden, introduction to dave and audrey and all the back and forth and suddenly we have these characters who are just this they stepped fully formed out of you know one tree hill and it's just what in the world which i loved that part i loved that they that they had such chemistry such they stepped fully formed out of wherever whatever other tv show they were in totally And, and it brought some characterization to to this show that I, I think our our characters could maybe learn from a little bit. I just I was it was jarring. It was mm-hmm. fun and funny, but jarring. And oh yeah, this whole this whole show is jarring. It doesn't feel of a, uh, of a singular piece. Of a singular piece. Yeah. Iron Man feels it it feels like what it is on the wrapper. I mean it's it's 
it's smooth, I guess is a way to put it. It's very smooth. This doesn't feel smooth. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we are watching essentially, I mean, I, you've said it, you know, we're four chapters in to an eight chapter story. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it is more intended to be a single eight hour movie, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Either. Medusa and Louise. Uh, they're driving along in their convertible. They pick up Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> and then they drive off a cliff holding each other's. No, no, sorry. I, is, uh, when you said Louise, I was going to go there and I, <laughs> And I didn't, so I'm glad that you did. Oh, man. Okay, so this is where I start not liking Medusa. She, they're, they're, they're driving. They're chasing the helicopter. Medusa is holding Louise at gunpoint. She shoots the police who are in pursuit. And Louise just says, can you put the gun down? I don't want you to accidentally shoot me because, you know... That could happen in a high-speed car chase. When I shoot you, it will not be an accident. Um, now, Louise is not doing bad, considering she does not have any experience in this kind of thing. But in the whole situation with the police, um, they lost the chopper. So now it's breath time, and they stop. And Medusa finally puts the gun down, and, and she looks at the moon. And Louise is finally able to make a connection between Medusa and the moon, and the four energy things that she detected and, and, you know, black bolt and, and all this stuff. And she has an idea. So they go back to Louise's hotel room. They parked in a different car lot, a different hotel car lot, Mm -hmm. but they're in her hotel room. Louise is getting annoyed with Medusa who is going through her, all of her stuff and is basically being a general nuisance in the way it reminds me of, uh, of Yoda going through Luke's stuff on Dagobah, <laughs> you know, but, um, and then I hate Brenda. <laughs> and then Louise laughs at the name when she finds out Medusa's name is Medusa. And shouldn't you have some hair? That was a good, I mean, it, so these characters are fish out of water and I liked Louise's reaction to her being called Medusa. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, shouldn't you have some hair? And so now you get an insensitive kind of awkward conversation going that gives us flashback to Medusa Mm -hmm. and Crystal. And, you know, Louise says she's always been single. And Medusa says she's always been responsible for someone. But then the police Mm -hmm. come. They have to get out of the hotel room. So they leave. But Louise forgot her toy rocket ship in the room, which is not really a toy. But Medusa says, okay, I'm faster than you. You go. Medusa goes in, sneaks in the hotel room, jumps out the back as the police are closing in, meets back up with Louise. They put on <laughs> funky hats. Um, Thelma and Louise hats. Totally. Let's be honest. Totally. Um, now, when Clark Gregg puts on a hat, I think to myself, I want to be a hat guy like him. Mm-hmm. They put on their hats. and I'm like, I don't need hats ever again in my life. But <laughs> take, take the hats off. Yeah. You're also you're also not a lady. Let's just be honest. <laughs> that is also true. But it just it just turns me off of hats altogether. Like I don't ever want to wear a hat. But anyway, they talk about the moon and they talk about um, some backstory with Louise's family and how Louise's father was hoping to end up going to the moon. And they weren't sure if they'd send scientists or or pilots, and they ended up sending pilots. Mm-hmm. And so this is that's kind of her motivation. She wants to get to the moon. And Medusa talks about how how'd you ever get to the moon on a ship like this? 
Stuart? Yeah. Louise then I... says to Medusa, well, how did you get here? And Medusa's answer wins the prize for alternative <laughs> band name. Okay. The best alternative band name that we've heard in the MCU to this date. My okay. sister's teleporting dog. I want to go to that concert. My sister's teleporting dog. I, maybe they're opening for someone else, but come on, what, man. I mean, what kind of music do they play? They play. Oh, like it's punk? it's it's alt rock. Yeah. Okay. It, it, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> then Louise says to Medusa, "I'm hangry." And Medusa says, "You're hungry." And Louise says, "Yeah, that too." Um, cut from there to the burgers that they're eating and they don't have meat on Adelan. And then she asks, well, why, you know, who are you on Adelan? I'm their queen. No wonder you're so bossy. And we get these, it's Louise who gets all the funny lines in this whole episode. Mm -hmm. Louise is then able to triangulate where the helicopter landed by using science of some sort that I think has to do with, with uh, satellite imagery that was taken that she's able to access. And then she reveals how she really feels about this whole thing that's going on. It is the best day of her life. She is talking to a woman from the moon. And then her computer gets stolen. By the woman from the moon. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You can never trust women from the moon. You, Listener, if you meet a woman from the moon, trust her. Yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, to be fair, men from the moon are not trustworthy as well, but um, it's a different kind of untrustworthiness that we don't want to really get into because it gets into moon gender politics. And right. I just we don't want to go there. No, no, we don't want to. No. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> she says, sure, just leave. That's cool. Like space camp all over again. Right. So um, we get more Send backstory Max to the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You had to bring that up, huh? Space camp. Yeah. Space camp. So. We get more backstory with Medusa as Louise and Medusa reconnect and, and Louise convinces Medusa to go with her because, hey, I got a car. You need a car. And I predicted that it would be reluctant mutual admiration and almost friendship uh, between these two. And they delivered. They delivered indeed. Mm -hmm. Louise also is able to convince Medusa because she thinks maybe we can get you to the moon because, you know, we're not so bad as humans. And yeah, from there, we are going to tie into um, Black Bolt's story. But that is Medusa and Louise on the run, on the lamb, growing closer together as friends. So, no Brad Pitt. No, no. But I'm not liking Medusa because... She is being bossy. She's not being regal. She is just bossing Louise around. And it's not the kind of bossing around that a queen would give where it's, I have this air of authority. It's, I'm holding a gun at your head and telling you what to do. And I get the desperation. But at the same time, uh, this is kind of turning me off until... They finally have that reluctant admiration and Medusa smiles and says, I like you. And then I'm like, okay, she's smiling. I'm, I'm, I'm better with this now, but I feel it's a little unearned. If I was Louise, I would totally be on Louise's. I mean, Louise is happy. that She has a moon woman that who's with her. You know, this is great. But at the same time, 
you know, I can understand Louise just being like, oh man, she's, she's holding the gun to my head and telling me how to drive and telling me what to do and, and just bossing me around and just telling me what to do without any, you know, concern for who I am and that I could actually help her better if I wasn't under duress. That's the thing. That's the management lesson for today. <laughs> and humans just giving us management lessons. But if you're managing someone, you know, you, you don't put the gun to their head, metaphorically speaking, to make them do what you want them to do. No, you bring them in and let them be a part of the need mm-hmm. and let them understand what you need them to do to help you, especially when they want to help you. That's the, the other thing. Louise is like, I want to help you. You don't need the gun. I want to help you. Right. Which do you, th- does that feel like a, an honest character thing or does it feel like sloppy writing? Yeah. <laughs> That's my answer. Well, one of those two is correct. It's both. It's both. And I mean, it, yeah, I understand what they're trying to do. I won't call it sloppy writing. I, I feel like it's quick writing. Let's put it that way. I, I feel like this is hastily put together. Not sloppy, I'll, not lazy, but hasty. I'll give you hasty. All right. <laughs> I'll give you hasty because it definitely doesn't. I mean, they don't feel fully formed. Uh, the the two characters fighting the vet, whatever their names were, the vet and the uh, not vet. Uh, Audrey and Dave. Audrey and Dave were were seemed more fully formed and more it, acceptable, I guess, or, or something. It's I weird, man. But you're yeah. It it's odd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bot- bottom line, though, is the actors are carrying what they're given to do. And Medusa in this situation, especially when she finally turns and, you know, Louise is <laughs> it's funny because the way Louise convinces Medusa, you know, Medusa is forcing Louise to do what she wants. And then she leaves Louise behind. And Louise then comes and says, no, I'm going to do what you want me to do, whether you like it or not, <laughs> and forces herself into Medusa's confidence and this is where medusa says okay you've earned my trust and you've earned my respect now what's aside from trying to get to the moon i guess (laughs) what is louise's motivation in this why is she doing this i think that's i think that's what it comes down to i think this is one of those things where she got into the industry that she got into because she wants to go there and Maybe she wants to go there because partially it's part of her part of her living out her father's dream. But I think that there is a sense of if she's going to get there, this is the best track for her to get there. And I think there's a genuine sense of wonder and exploration. The way the actress plays Louise, I feel like she is this driven and fun. Like of all the characters to hang out with, she's the one to hang out with. You know, well, yeah, I feel like she's the one who we take away just the cultural stuff that we would be able to talk about, you know, Star Wars with her or whatever. Um, I'm assuming, but uh, take away the cultural stuff and just say, OK, you're you're put into a room with this person and you're just going to have to spend time with this person uh, of all of them. 
and that includes nice weed lady and nice weed, <laughs> weed dude. Uh, and that includes Audrey and, and Dave, Dave as well. But um, she's the one. And, and it comes down to, I just feel like she has life goals, you know, and she is enjoying life and not necessarily enjoying what, you know, her bosses are, are forcing on her as far as like the leave that she has to take and stuff like that. But um, she she's actually looking at Medusa and seeing the culmination of her life's desire, if not her life's work. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the character of Louise. I, what can I say? And I like that they have not taken the glasses off. She's kept, right. the, she's kept the glasses on. She stayed who she's going to be. Everyone was predicting that she is going to be this, you know, take off the glasses and she's the knockout, like the person on arrow or whatever. But, um, I think she is who she is. I don't think we're going to get the, um, the alternate version of her that we get in in geek television. There's a, there's four episodes. It's true, Ben. It's true. More Maybe I've spoken too soon in my prediction, but maybe I, you know I had many people on Death Watch all over the place in the past year and a half or whatever it's been. So you you can have not pretty watch. Okay, thanks, <laughs> thanks, man. All right. Let's talk Black Bolt and Sammy. Uh, so Sammy and Black Bolt and Dr. Evan Declan are, they go to a makeshift lab on the north side of the island. And Sam, uh, Evan Declan. Now, uh, this is actually, I think, probably the first MCU Evan that we've had. So congratulations, Agent Evan. Um, hope you hope you like having this guy uh, being having your name. But... Sammy. So, uh, oh, go so ahead. then they, I, I, I'm going to take over the, the recap for you for a second. Sure. They climb down into the bunker where he puts on a record <laughs> and he has to punch in buttons. Is, it, this is right, right? No. Uh, close. Oh. Close. Okay. Uh, same island. Different show. Oh. <laughs> same island. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he's a geneticist. He wants to do a rapid DNA test, but um, apparently um, – Inhumans also have the the idea of the the wedding band that um, is part of their their cultural uh, whatever, and he taps Declan's wedding ring, and oh, you want to find your wife, huh? And well, maybe maybe she's one of the people that we're helping because we've given sanctuary to many people like you. So they do the DNA test for Black Bolt and find out that he is actually not human, which we've already found out, which is interesting. I want to see how this all kind of weaves together with the you know people who have that inhuman gene on Earth. But um, usually Declan says uh, developing powers means a change that's a hiccup in the genetic code. Uh, we get some techno babble about the unusual large neural pathway connecting the cerebral cortex to black bolts, temporal lobe that supercharges his vocal cords. How who cares? doesn't matter. We MCU'd it. We got the science explanation. We got the science explanation that black bolts DNA, instead of having a genetic mutation that, so like in the DNA, there's like this one marker. The way he explains it is it's all squares with one circle. Black bolt is all circles. And so Black Bolt's DNA is like the, a perfect mutation. Every single piece of his DNA is uh, part of that mutation to the point where it's not a mutation. It is what he is. Is that how it was in the comics? I don't know. That I do not know. 
Mm. I wonder if that is, this is uh, listeners. I have no idea. So I wonder if that is to sort of separate it from X-Men just a little bit more. Yeah. Well, at least it, it, it MCU's the thing, you know, and mm-hmm. we've, we've got the scientific explanation that doesn't explain anything, but explains everything at the same time, just like you would get in any episode of Star Trek. You know, like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it, it's it's plot science. Mm-hmm. So then he's talking about how, oh, I don't know how you can live with this. Whispering your sleep would kill your wife. You have the power to kill everyone you love. And then he promises, I'm going to find your wife. And then he reports to. A mysterious guy on the phone who just happens to be dun, dun, dun. Maximus, which was quite a turn. Mm -hmm. Was it the mid episode turn? Do you think? No, because it happened right before act two. This was act one. We're still in act one with this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sensing any mid episode turns the way we used to get in, in agents of shield. That's true. Anyway, um, Maximus says you got to put him down, man. Uh, And and Declan's and like that's just and that's just Maximus grasping at straws. He sees an opportunity. He's going to try to make yeah, it yeah, happen. Yeah, but Declan's argument is replicating his genetic code would cure cancer, and this is where I think Maximus gets the idea because the next scene with Maximus by himself, or rather with the genetic council, is when he says, "I want to go through Terragenesis again and get the DNA key so I can no longer be human." This is where it happens, where he realizes, "Oh, well, what if we're able to use his DNA?" his genetic code that they're talking about to cure cancer and to cure all these, you know, childhood diseases and stuff. What if we did that with me? And that's why when he contacts Aaron again, don't kill him. Don't kill him because black bolts DNA, I think is part of his plan to use black bolts DNA to, to alter him, to become an inhuman. My guess. I still, I still think fish oil from Amazon prime is going to be easier. That's just me. It is. But I mean, let's face it. I, <laughs> I fish oil just seems gross. You know, that's true. I that's true. I don't think I'd want to take, you know, a fish oil pill. I think I'd rather stand in a a box and get smoked. I am sure there is nothing gross about taking a fish oil pill except for the feeling inside of me when I think about it. So because it's it's got to have that, um, you know, that that uh, dissolving that dissolving coating. That just uh, makes it smooth and just go smoothly down your throat, and then that dissolves, and you know the medicine comes out. Anyway, um, so Declan thank sh- you for that. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> Declan shows Black Bolt some pictures of female Inhumans, while a guy in the background readies a needle, and none of them are Medusa, but we do see a couple more Inhumans um, who some of them look like they have similar power sets to what we've seen before, but it's not anything we've seen before that I that I can think yeah. of um it's not like they showed a picture of daisy or anything yeah yeah or um or the lady in the flower dress reina so, oh yeah of course she's dead she, good, oh that she is dead isn't yeah she? i mean she she couldn't be in his in his mm. care but anyway um black bolt then and sammy discuss the pictures well sammy discusses while black bolt gives um expressions which i gotta say again um uh this this actor, I, I like the way he's playing Black Bolt. I, mm-hmm. I just I'm having fun watching him play Black Bolt, um, and I think he's having yeah. fun playing Black Bolt. It, so so for all the characters that I that I have talked about not being fully formed, Black Bolt is the exception. Um, 
I feel like they've got a really good handle on who he is and how he acts and responds to things. Even though he doesn't actually say anything, the looks he gives, the signs he gives, the communication that he does with the other characters in the scene is spot on. And I think that's him. I think that's the actor who has a, a full grasp on on how this is going to work. As mm. So anyway, Sammy says, have we traded one prison in? for another are we just in another prison right now because those pictures that they were shown could be prisoners and then they see that the needles were left unguarded and they check what's in the needles and it's poison and so they run away because they don't want to get poisoned with needles as you would not want you know that's just Mm -hmm. normal um so they run away they get outside and aaron arrives with all the other of her team and Mortis comes and everyone gets nervous because Mortis is powerful and um, Mortis is getting ready to take off his mask. But Black Bolt pulls open a pipe that's connected to a gas tank. And Aron then explains to us his plan and says, smart, Mortis takes the mask off and we all go up. Boom. And then Thelma and Louise drive. I mean, Medusa and Louise drive by in their convertible. <laughs> knock over mortis with an open door and uh mortis accidentally fires it explodes the uh gas tank everyone's knocked down and then black bolt and medusa are reunited and And it it feels feels so so good good. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they throw Orin in the trunk while mortis wakes up in the rubble behind them i thought um I thought Sammy was a, he just ran away. Where did he go? Nobody knows. Well, I, um, I, I, I hope they're going to pick him up. I like Sammy black, right. black Bolt gives him a, vo- uh, a little, nah, he gives him a little uh, expression. that says, get out of here, man. Cause I'm right, gonna... right. But I, I sort of hoped he was going to do more with, you know, melting the slag or something like that, melting the metal and have a little bit more hot hands. Yeah. Because there, there was a, there's kind of a mess that was made from his hot hands. Yeah, and as as Daniel noted in the last episode, though he has a very slow power, and that's true. That's true. And as much as Daniel was making fun of the very slow power, it's true that he is a character who was given a power that is not necessarily a super useful power in a high drama, high uh, danger situation like they find themselves in. So, so. So Black Bolt and Medusa are reunited. Arn's in a truck. Trunk. Um, Mortis Karnak, is wake- Mortis is waking up. Yeah. Karnak is off with the girl. Yeah. And Gorgon has some surfer dude friends probably following him. Crystal and Dave are going to shack up. Nobody knows. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Lockjaw is getting better though, right? Yeah, he's going to get better, but he can't be healed right away. So that's that's where everyone is. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's... Overall, what did you think of this? I know we don't do ratings, but what did you think of this episode? Okay. I mean, we've talked about it, but the main thing is I like the concept 
in concept, mm-hmm. I like what they're doing, and I like the acting. I like the the way the actors are, you know, dealing with what they've been given. It's just what they've been given feels. It's not connecting. It's not with great. Me. Yeah, it's not great. the The performances are connecting with me, but the plot is mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And and any themes or anything that we're getting right now, I feel like we're waiting for the themes to come. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I feel like we are right now. Okay, we're on the same page. Okay. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, I guess from there we should move into some some feedback from from listeners and from Daniel. Yay! So I say listeners, but um, we just have one bit of feedback here from Agent O eight four. So Agent four eight four says, or O eight four, sorry, says hi guys. I'm just now discovering your podcast and decided to start all the way from your season zero episodes to catch up. Right now, I'm getting to the end of season one, so I'm not sure how long it will be to catch all the way up. But I wanted to let you know, you guys are awesome and helping me get through my long hours at work. I feel like season one gets the most criticism and it's refreshing to hear it analyzed so heavily and deeply by people who liked it as much as I did. Even your critiques, I can tell, is coming from a place of wanting the best for the show and not being overly negative, which I appreciate. I will admit... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets better by se- season by season, so I can't wait to hear your thoughts on later episodes. Plus, the quality content in the Netflix shows as well. It's also entertaining listening to you speculate and theorize with the context of what does and doesn't actually happen eventually. Looking forward to more quality entertainment, which I thank you for, Agent 084. And the reason I like reading <laughs> uh, feedback like this is eventually it's like an Easter egg, you know? Mm-hmm. Agent 084 is going to get to this episode and uh, he's going to hear or she. Oh, I can't believe I wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, just, hey, they they actually did read it, you know, even though it's taken me a year, a year to get here. So um, but also I like I like to read that because um, it is fun to hear from people who are starting over from the beginning and and having fun. And, and uh, yeah. And and this is why we do it is, is for people like Agent 084. And that's why all the episodes are up for free they're out there grab them on itunes or grab them wherever you grab them and um let us know and here we are in episode 216 ish <laughs> and man uh yeah that's that's a lot of podcasting we've done uh, about mm-hmm. the mcu and but we got a lot more to do we do and we enjoy it and i don't know how exactly it's all going to work out but the way it's going to work out is we're going to have fun doing it so Okay. Yeah. So thank you, Agent 084. And now it's time to hear from Daniel. It's time for it's time for Daniel's corner. Uh, <laughs> Daniel is uh, one of the co-founders of the podcast. Uh, he co-founded the podcast along with me, and um, has had to take time away from the podcast because of um, just life. Time. Yeah, life, life things, time things, but. He still is watching and he still is listening and he still is sitting in the chair posting on Facebook. He's kind of like the guy in the chair. He's not just like the guy in the chair. He He is is the guy in the chair. chair. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the guy in the chair. Uh, Stuart, I would say that you are the mean weed dealer. And wait a second. (laughs) Wait a second. I am not mean or a weed dealer. And (laughs) 
Uh, Samantha is the uh, spunky vet. Um, nah, we're not going to go there. So, and Evan is Evan, the evil doctor who might not be evil, but who's mm-hmm. working for someone who is evil. Anyway, we're going to so play. Does that make you Spider Man? Um, yeah, sure. I'll take that. <laughs> oh, I get to be the evil weed dealer. You get to be Spider Man. Yep. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, hey, I you assigned it to me. I mean, what? I, what can I say? Let's. <laughs> Here's what I can say. We are going to play Daniel's email, uh, voicemail rather, right now. Humans, episode three, brought to you by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 Special Effects. Maybe blend in the explosion just a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe have victims of the explosion who look like they're burned or warm, at least. I mean, yeah, this is Agent Daniel. Just a little underwhelmed by the currently overacted, highly predictable agents of she I mean in humans. I mean we got Felicity Smoke who's really, really upset and at the same time just letting us know how engaged she is. We've got Medusa with the big over the top predictable. She's gonna be a lone wolf. Don't worry, we have two predictable relationships going on in a romantic way right at the moment between Karnak and Crystal. I mean, hey, let me give you a positive. They've improved the MCU in the Crystal's hair. The fact that they're doing it up so that we don't have the straight lines, yeah, that's better. That's better. Hey, I wonder where that relationship's going with that one guy. I'm betting he gets back with his veterinarian next girlfriend. Yeah, who would have ever guessed that the, the guy growing the weed, he was going to kill people, be upset, you know. I don't know. Just too much. It's overacted, too predictable, poorly delivered special effects. Maximus was right down with the gas system. Peace out later. Bye. Um, so I'm getting much (laughs) sighing, so much sighing, you know, I, I'll say this about inhuman so far. I haven't sighed as much as I did for, uh, iron fist. And if that's any indicator of what's the worst part of the MCU, Daniel made up for all the sighing I did not do (laughs) in the conversation about inhumans. Uh, I get the impression that Daniel's not all that excited. Uh, yeah, I think I think Daniel's keying into the things we just talked about. He, to be honest, I I <laughs> yeah, he definitely talked about a lot of the same things we talked about, but mm-hmm. he also definitely feels hmm, less accepting of the things that are, that we are accepting <laughs> of. Well, yeah, I mean, let's face it. You know, the explosion thing. If he was on the podcast with me right now, live. 
I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, Daniel. I mean, they weren't even in the fire. How do you expect them to be burned? But I don't know if I could get that much energy <laughs> in talking to him because just listening drains my energy. So um, That's his special power. He just is. has to talk, and all the energy in the room just goes, oh. Uh, right right to a halt uh, considering all of the energy that went into his call last episode this is diametric opposite i don't know if i use that word diametric right but anyway it's the opposite of of him last time but uh yeah don't get the impression he likes it as much as maybe we are but um Mm. i i hope also that we're you know hey when we don't like things, we talk about what we don't like. When we do like things, we mm-hmm. talk about what we do like. And we try not to rag on the show, you know, it's, it's just to rag on it and just have, you know, and do the internet hate thing where you just hate it because you're on the internet. You know, you, you hate it because you're a podcaster and and that's better, you know, better podcasting, better radio. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, I, I, I can't, <laughs> Daniel definitely had different feelings about this episode than, than, uh, than we did as far as the conversation we had. So, yep, 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 so. yep. <laughs> you ready to close this out? I am ready to close this out. So it is time for us to say goodbye to all our family. I N H U M A N. Is where it stops because uh, there's an S at the end, but. Not as many letters as Mickey Mouse. So there it is. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no Annette Funicello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And I'm glad to come back and talk to you guys about Inhumans and, and whatnot. So, yay. Yeah. Yeah. And I am also glad. And I also thank you for listening and, and spending time with us as we talk about this show. And hopefully, you know, the conversations about the show sometimes make the show more fun whether or not you like the the show or not but uh here we are and it's inhumans and this is episode four of inhumans we are halfway through and we don't know what it's going to be like but i would just say as maximus says just take his advice we don't know what's going to happen but time will tell won't it it always does Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcome to level seven.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level seven. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven, or by following us on Twitter where we are level seven pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Nicks Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed.
So I, I heard an interesting thing about Thor Ragnarok. What'd you hear? Um, it's 130 minutes. That is not what I heard. I heard it was 90. Oh. I heard it was 130 minutes, and that came from our um, my local theater up in, up in the, the UP. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong. They yeah, could be wrong. I mean, I uh, bet they don't have prints yet or whatever, but man, 130 minutes. That's a long, No, but long they were making a movie. big, they're making a big deal about the, the shortness of it. I mean, they could have also been, you know, goofing around. I didn't, I didn't check that. Oh my goodness. I'm looking at Google right now. It says two hours, 10 minutes. It's a long Thor movie, but July, let's see here. That's bizarre because I the director I, the director said it would be the cut as of oh come on now I just got an ad how do I skip there we go uh, the director said that the cut as of July was a hundred minutes and huh but then uh, one day ago. Digital Spy, running time of 130 minutes. So they added what? 30 minutes. Uh, they went from 100 to 130. Right. Okay. So they added an extra half hour. It's, can you can you say setting up for Infinity War? I don't know what I'm going to say. I, it's got to be. It's got to be. They've had ten. They've had ten years to do it. Might as well add one more movie. Okay. You know what? Last. It looks like in in August. Here's another article from August where they said it's two hours and ten minutes. And then he then he tweeted and said, "Try ninety, but it has forty minutes of credits." <laughs> I can see that actually. <laughs> but and, he also said he also said that it was like off on its own. I remember you and I talked about this uh, like a year ago. It's off on its own little part of the MCU, which I don't believe that anymore either. Oh, I, so. I do, but it's, I think it's going to go through both though. And it's going to be in, uh, in Asgard. And then it's also going to be in the planet where they're doing all the fighting stuff and it'll be interesting, but I, I don't know what to expect now. I don't know what to expect. Well, you, you are, you are stuck in a quandary, I think. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah right i'm, I'm just, watching the movie now now you'll be there for longer possibly about 30 minutes longer. <laughs> hey if it's if it's good i don't care if it's not right. good 30 minutes can be killer but if it's good yes. you don't even notice that's that whole you know they talk about the theory of of the relative relativity of time you know is that mm. um time spent with your relatives goes goes longer <laughs> and it's it's that I just spent Whenever. I just spend my time with relatives watching <laughs> pots boil. But you, you spend time doing something you enjoy and you lose time mm -hmm. altogether and all of a sudden it's gone and it's done. And then you spend time doing something you can't stand or you dread and it just takes forever. So, Kind of like watching Thor 2. Yeah, it, it just went right by mm -hmm. without me even noticing. And <laughs> or, or more appropriately, it trudged by and I noticed every minute of it. 